ومن ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي دروشي بالله Respected brothers, respected elders, mothers and sisters listening at home The ulama have given us three reasons for the cause of death of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. One must remember that it is our fundamental aqidah as Muslims we believe that life and death is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so there is no plus and minus to the lifespan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives an individual as mentioned in the Quran إِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever he has decreed for you death will come to you precisely at the right time no allocation of time no extra time nothing less no plus and minus Malakul Maut has been given this job and it is done accordingly but the ulama have mentioned reasons to the death of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an in Arabic what is known as Sababul Maut we live in a pragmatic world in which reasoning is something that is inborn inside human beings it is part of nature we would wish to give logical explanations when someone has passed away someone will simply say it's a heart attack what's a heart attack? it's a heart attack Well, cause of death is heart attack simple thing is that the heart does not function anymore time has come so the heartbeat stops and this person has passed away so we reason likewise the ulama the scholars of seerah especially the seerah of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq have mentioned three reasons the first reason was explained in the last session which was narrated by the daughter Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha she says that my father had performed ghusl on a day that was extremely cold and he caught fever from that ghusl result was his health deteriorated and he never recovered this was mentioned in the last session another reason is by Ibn Sihab rahmatullah alayhi he says that once Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an with another companion Hazrat Haris radiallahu ta'ala an both of them were invited for a meal food at somebody's house 
and the food that was prepared is known as shorba or broth in English with vegetables and meat inside Hazrat Haris had already taken some portion of that broth in and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had taken one lukma very quickly Hazrat Haris realized or someone had informed him and he pushed the hands of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq down and said Amirul Mu'mineen O Khalif it is better that you don't touch the food that has been prepared the food has been poisoned such was the intensity of that poison it is said that the impact was immediately visible physically visible on Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and Hazrat Haris radiallahu ta'ala an both of the great companions one the Khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and the other companion Hazrat Haris it is said that before the end of that year both of them passed away in fact some of the Mu'arrikheen have mentioned the day in which death came to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an the same day Hazrat Haris also passed away the same day so you had two tragedies on that day the death of Hazrat Haris radiallahu ta'ala an and also the death of Amirul Mu'mineen the Khalifa Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an again the ulama have mentioned this is what is known as nisbate ittihadi very deep connection the oneness that was between Huzur alayhi salatu was salam and Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an it is said that one Jewess she also had poisoned the food and invited Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam for food and later on the effect of that poison uh, came into the life of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he could feel that so shahadat was also given to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the same status is of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and that he was also shaheed he was also poisoned this is the second reason that is given by Ibn Sihab we have one by Hazrat Aisha the second is by Hazrat Ibn Sihab and the third cause of death is narrated by Hazrat Abdullah Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala which is the opinion of a lot of the scholars Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an is a grand sahabi of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam highly respected very meticulous when it came to following the sunnah of Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam he took every word and every action of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be literal there was no taweel no two meanings so he was very very strong very mutashaddid in following the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam he gives the reason that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq's cause of death was the deep and intense love that he had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam maybe for us it is difficult to understand because we have not touched the surface of ishq and only when one understands the meaning of ishq can understand what Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an is saying this deep deep love 
that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam had for Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and the connection that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had with Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam. Hazrat Aisha would say the only companion from all the ashab of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq had this honor that Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam would personally visit him in his own room two times a day. Subah or Sham, two times a day. And everything when it came to mashwira, consultation, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was always there. So he was extremely close. So at the demise of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there was this vacuum, he felt emptiness. The demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was great tragedy, though he did not show it on that very first day when he stood on the mimba. And he said to the companions, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ The feeling was very, very internal. It was as if though something was eating away. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. Many a times he would sit and he would quote the events and the times that he had spent with Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And he would make Hazrat Aisha sit close to, to him and say that this is what would happen this was the opinion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and continuously talking about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This was the love that he had. And one can imagine that. He was the closest, he was the Khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Many ahadith are cited in Bukhari Sharif where Huzur alayhi salatu wasallam has mentioned if anyone was close to me, if anyone was close to me then it was Abu Bakr. Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala the man who could understand Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so it was due to the love that is why we see that the period of Khilafat was very short only two years three months and ten days he was missing Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam it is said that once a physician a doctor a hakim came to see Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. This emptiness was physically visible also. So the companions were concerned. And a doctor came to see Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and checked Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and the doctor said, I have no dawa, no cure for Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Hadrat Abu Bakr Siddiq said that, What did you see in me? And the doctor said that what I see I have no cure. It is someone who you dearly love and until your beloved is not presented to you there is no cure for you. So he said to the doctor there is no cure for me. The one who I love is Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so there is no shifa for me. And that is how Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and passed away from this dunya. So there are three reasons given for the cause of death of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. Ulama have mentioned that the great favor, ihsan he did upon the ummah was to appoint Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an as a khalifa in his lifetime. He shut the door of a great fitna that was about to erupt. He shut the door. This was the intelligence that Allah had given him. 
That is why Hazrat Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu ta'ala an would mention that in the Ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the previous Ummah, Allah had granted only three individuals far-sightedness and great intelligence. And Hazrat Abdullah ibn Masood says the first one was the king of Egypt when he bought Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam and he said to Zalikha that honor and respect as ahsani mathwai honor and respect Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam though he was a slave he was purchased and bought as a slave but he said respect Hazrat Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam I see inside him something that is extraordinary he is not uh, a, a normal individual he did not say a nabi but he saw something inside Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam and the second Hazrat Abdullah ibn Masood has said is a lady she was the daughter of Shu'ab alayhi salatu wasalam when she looked at Musa alayhi salam she said quickly to the father if you wish to employ someone then there is no one better than Musa alayhi salam inna khayra the best man you can employ is a man who is very very strong Al-Qawi and a man who is trustworthy so she was incredibly intelligent that just by citing a great Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wasalam she gave that information to the father and in the Ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud has said no intelligence could be compared to the intelligence given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an and that was for him to appoint in his lifetime Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an subhanallah uh, a few days ago when we performed Maghrib Salah uh, in uh, the Regent's Park Mosque after that we, we just had we were sitting downstairs uh, for a cup of coffee before leaving for Leicester and we had some youth subhanallah and these were people and, and they say that you can't surrender to the law of this country we need the system of khilafat ajeeb subhanallah they have no hint of Islam and the understanding of khilafat and I said to him tell me what is the translation of wanna zi'ati gharqa wanna shitati nashta and then he goes to me oh I'm a student talib ilm subhanallah he talks as if he was the sheikh al-hadith of his time and he doesn't know the basics this is the problem with our youngsters they have access to the internet a slight translation of Bukhari Sharif in front of them really they think that they are the Bukhari and the Muslims of the time Subhanallah, and they become faqih and they become muhaddis of the time and I said to him just tell me the basics of grammar fa'ala fa'ala fa'alu fa'alat fa'alata fa'alna fa'alta fa'altuma fa'altum fa'alti fa'altuma fa'altunna fa'altu fa'alna he didn't have a clue what are you talking about so you have no foundation of Islam and this is shocking and this is what the kuffar want and this is what they want they want to erupt a civil war where there is bashing between muslims bashing between the muslims fighting 
they are there. And we Muslims are made to be the laughing stocks. So Allah give hidayat to our youth. And unfortunately they are playing at the hands of shaitan. When they turn away from the ulama, when they turn away from fiqh. So I said, don't you know that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was the man who understood the Quran and he was a'lamun nas. So he said to me, no, you are making a mistake. He was not a'lamun nas. Go to battery flatting. I said, don't you know that Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq is A'lamun Nas? He said, no, no, no. Abdullah ibn Abbas and Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, these were the companions. When you look at the status of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, when you study the seerah and the khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, that is why my plea to our community is that please take advantage of these sessions and programs wallahi lazim if these programs were to be held in countries where there were no ulama then you will see the turnout go to countries where they have no ulama and they are thirsty for knowledge but here it seems that in Leicester we are spoiled for choice and we have no qadr and we don't want to sit for subhanallah to understand the works of these great companions when we have time and these receivers are an advantage and also a disadvantage it has been designed for our mothers and sisters to stay at home and listen nowadays men want to follow the women women can pray salat at home but men also choose to stay at home and listen subhanallah so my respected brothers Subhanallah, the time every minute that you spend here in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is recorded and you are rewarded. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at the gathering. And in some cases, the maghfirat is done of the gathering. For listening to the seerah and the sunnah and the hadith and the verses of the Quran revealed upon Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this was Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala as far as his connection of the world was uh, mentioned in the books of Seerah he disregarded everything of this world in fact the last wasiyah was he called Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and said that my wasiyah to you is the clothes that I am wearing make sure that at my death wash my old clothes and shroud me into the clothes as my duffin as my coffin and that is how it should be I don't wish you to shroud me in something that is new shroud me in the clothes that I am wearing and Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala said oh father you are the successor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam why do you say this and he said new material, a new garment looks better on someone who is alive and for the person who has passed away if he has done good in this dunya 
then the kafan from Jannah will be given to him. The clothes and the suit of Jannah will be brought to him in the Kabr. So this was the wasiyah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. It is also said that in the days of illness, he stood up and looked through the small window from his chamber and all the companions were there. Again, even in the condition in the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we saw the same event taking place with Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam in his life. Same thing happening for Abu Bakr Siddiq. This is Nismat. And he looked from the window and he looked at the companions and he said that I have chosen for you a Khalifa and I hope you are satisfied and content with my decision. Everyone from the companions remained quiet except for Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. The only one to speak out was who? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And he spoke out to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and he said that no, we are not satisfied with your decision. I am not satisfied with the decision of your selection of who is to be the Khalifa. I will only be satisfied if you have chosen Umar ibn al-Khattab as our Khalifa. Umar ibn al-Khattab. And who is saying this? Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala. And Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala had a smile on his face. And he said to Ali, Ali, it is Umar Farooq that I am referring you to. And he is the Caliph that I have chosen for the Ummah. And everyone agreed upon this. So, so this is great ihsan of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. One wasiyah of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was also that he wanted his wife, Hazrat Asma bint Umais to give him ghusl after his death. Now there are a lot of masail, obviously. In fiqh it is different. This was a special condition, maqam and status of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. His wasiyah was that Hazrat Asma bint Umais must give him ghusl and his son Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Abu Bakr. And these were the last few moments of the life of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala an. It is said that as far as his children and family is concerned, he had many, many wives, but uh, the four wives from which he had children were Hazrat Kharija and some have said no, Hazrat Hubayba bint Kharija, that was her name, and Hazrat Umm Roman radiallahu ta'ala an. she is well known in the books of Ahadith and also Hazrat Asma bint Umais radiallahu ta'ala anha. Hazrat Umm Roman is the mother of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and Hazrat Abdurrahman radiallahu ta'ala anha. And the fourth one was Hazrat Qatla radiallahu ta'ala anha. So this is the, the family of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. It is said that the father of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq was alive at the death of his son. Abu Kuhafa and Abu Kuhafa was given a very long age it is said that at the time of his death he was 97 years of age 97 years 
of age. And everyone in his family members, from the top to the bottom, everyone had embraced Islam. This was the maqam status given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And we end at, at that, my respected brothers. Inshallah, if you give me a few minutes now, we go straight to the battlefield and we meet Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala in Syria. Remember that this transfer of Khilafat took place whilst the companions were in Syria. So you had Hazrat Abu Ubaidah and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and that entire army of the Muslims in Syria. In Syria things were very very different now. Hazrat Umar Farooq was in power and he selected Hazrat Abu Ubaidah as an Amir for the Muslim army and subhanallah the khulus of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid he took no offense to that straight away he gave the power to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah generally in the times that we are living in now if someone was the commander and commander and chief of an army and if he was to be deposed from his position what would happen he would either want to retire or he would either want to be transferred to another another place but the khulus of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid no he remained in that position as a soldier working under Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah radiyallahu ta'ala an many reasons have been given one reason also was the fact that rumors were circulating, all the Mujahideen wanted to be in the flank of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. They wanted to be with him. And it was known that if you were with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, victory was guaranteed. So now, this was the rumor amongst the Mujahideen. Hazrat Umar Farooq would not tolerate this. He did not want any form of false aqidah to take root. So that he wanted to show the Mujahideen that look, no doubt Hazrat Khalid bin Walid due to the title that Rasulullah has given him that he was the sword of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is due to the taqwa and of the khulus of that individual that Allah gives you victory. So what he did was he deposed and transferred the position of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and put on top of him his Amir Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah and he said to the Mujahideen you will see that even now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you victory when you look at the system of Khilafat there was a slight difference between Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq and Hazrat Umar Farooq Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq gave full power to the Amir who was in charge of the Muslim army and it was at his discretion whatever he wanted to do. In the case of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anna, full power and authority was not given to them. He wanted to be in the middle of everything. Including choosing who is to be the Amir of the different positions and the flanks. So you had Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, his style was very different. He was a man of someone who would be who would calculate the situation. And he would frequently consult Hazrat Umar Farooq, what to do now, what to do now, what to do now. So victory was given to him, but complete consultation was done with 
all the commanders there. But Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an was the main man. And in the case of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, it was completely different. He was like a man who would sweep through the lands of the Romans like a tornado. And it was more of a surprise attack, aggression, audacity. This was all about Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. And he would do everything, whatever he, he wanted. And then later on he would inform Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq that this is the result. And in the case of Abu Ubaidah, he would inform Hazrat Umar Farooq and then carry out the mission. So subhanallah, one week since position was taken by Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala an, one Christian Arab came and he wanted to be in the good books of the Muslims. So he said to the Amir Hazrat Abu Ubaidah that I come to you with information. That very soon, in a few days, a great fair will take place in the area of Abla or Abul Quds, which is 40 miles from Dimashk. So a lot of people will come with their goods, costly goods. If you, the Muslims, wish to acquire more spoils of war and booty, then this is the best opportunity for you. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah looked at him and he spoke with some of the Muslims that were there and they said that if the Muslims don't raid the, the traders that come because that was the tartib of the battle if they don't do it, the Romans will do it. So it was better for the Muslims that will also weaken the opposition and it was completely halal for them. So he said to the Mujahideen that were there, who will take this responsibility, this command, to raid on Abul Quds in Abla, 40 miles away from Dimashk? Subhanallah, a young man stood up. It is said Hazrat Abu Ubaidah looked at Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and wanted him to carry out this mission. But Hazrat Khalid bin Walid kept silent. He, he didn't say anything. And all of a sudden this man whose beard was just growing, stood up. Who was he? Hazrat Abdullah, the son of Hazrat Jafar, who was made shaheed in the battle of Muta, the nephew of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He just came as a young mujahid, full of josh, exuberance, wants to fight, bubbling, wants to be there with Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, an opportunity that comes. And he stands up, Hazrat Abdullah, and he says, I will do it. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah looked at him thinking that there is a possibility that it will be a straight walk in and walk out, no Romans to be there. This is what he was thinking. And he said, fine, I will give you 500 mujahid and you are in charge and you go. It is said that in the brightness of the night, the full moon, that was giving light 15th of Sha'ban with uh, a senior Sahabi, Hazrat Abu Zar Ghifari. The 500 soldiers marched out to Abla in Abul Quds. And he looks at all the people, the traders that were there. They came from the Byzantine Empire and also the Asian zone. All the traders were there. Subhanallah. And he gave his sign to launch an attack 
But that was disastrous. Little did he realize that there were 5,000 Romans in the souk there, waiting for the Muslim army to come. And for 500 men, and someone who was a junior person in military warfare, Hazrat Abdullah, it proved to be disastrous. Straight away, the method that they would deploy all the time, they encircled the Muslims. The Muslims were completely surrounded. Allahu Akbar. It was the mercy of Allah that one mujahid broke off from that circle and managed to get out. Understanding the gravity of the situation, he came straight away to Dimashq. And he spoke to Abu Ubaidah that the Muslims are trapped. We need someone to go and rescue them. Hazrat Abu Ubaidah panicked. He himself says that the words of Hazrat Umar Farooq were echoing in my ears. What were the words? Hazrat Umar Farooq gave him instructions. Don't send the Muslim army to destructions for plunder, for male ghanimat. And he says, what answer will I give to Hazrat Umar Farooq? So he looked at everybody there. And his final card would be who else? But Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. So he said to Khalid bin Walid, as an Amir, I give you the order that I want you to go and rescue the Muslims. Do you agree to that? And so he was a very senior man, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. It was not easy to give instructions to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. So he said, I was hesitant because of your position. And subhanAllah, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, he said, Oh, great Sahabi of Rasulullah, even if Umar Farooq was to appoint a child over me as an Amir, I would have obeyed him. For you are from Ashraya Mubashara, I have to respect you. And within half an hour, mobile guard was prepared, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, and who was his partner? Hazrat Zirar radiallahu ta'ala. And straight away they go to Abla Abul Quds, and they notice that a lot of the Muslim Mujahideen were already made shaheed. It was extremely difficult. But Hazrat Khalid bin Walid broke through that circle, how they had surrounded the Muslims. And the ulama have mentioned that in this battle, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid had received a lot of injuries, wounds. But this is something that he was accustomed to. And straight away with Hazrat Zirar and the Muslim Mujahideen reinforcements, the Muslims that were trapped were rescued, Hazrat Abdullah and all the other companions. And they were forced to disperse, the Roman soldiers were forced to disperse and they ran off. And Alhamdulillah, all that wealth and the goods that were there, everything was taken by the Muslims and they returned back to Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. This was a good sign for, for the Muslim Mujahideen that they saw Hazrat Khalid bin Walid with that same power, with that same spirit, with that same courage to fight even working under Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala. So the Muslims were rescued. This was the first event that had taken place for Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, first mission rather of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid under Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah radiallahu ta'ala. Insha'Allah, we ended that. Insha'Allah ta'ala, in the next session, we will continue for the other Futuhat 
in Syria. Alhamdulillah, the relationship between Hazrat Abu Ubaidah and Hazrat Khalid bin Walid was something that was unimpaired. The love was always there. And so the Futuhat also came to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah. Both are now working as a team, though the Amir is Hazrat Abu Ubaidah in the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar Farooq radiallahu ta'ala an wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سمعنا وطانا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين